What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. Gun, A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and and talk talk about about it. (laughs) We talk about everything. We talk about the art. We talk about the film. We talk about uh, the The writing. The The quality of of the curing. Yeah, we meat. talk about the quality of the curing of the meat. Uh, I mean, it really is the only Sopranos podcast out there. Please do not look into other Sopranos podcasts. They do not exist. There's only one. Highlander. Anyways, uh, I'm very excited about this episode, uh, Vince, because uh, this episode, we're getting a guest straight from Sopranos Twitter. Oh, this what? guy. Yes, there is a come again. (laughs) There is a sub. uh, There's like a a subculture of Twitter called Sopranos Twitter. That is just a bunch of memes and uh, Sopranos centric posts. I love memes. I love memes, dude. They fucking rule. And uh, this guy is a certified Sopranos expert. You've heard him (laughs) on Fist Pod. F. uh, What is that? F S C K D. Fisk Pod. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is Jay Gordon. How you doing, hey, Jay? How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I, um, I love that the best thing about The Sopranos mm-hmm. is that it's a television show about a bunch of people New- from New Jersey yeah. that f- don't feel appreciated. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah. whole fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, if you really think about almost any character in the entire program, the whole almost entire arc of their character is yeah. somehow or another they don't feel appreciated. And it is nearly every major character in the show. And it makes me feel a lot about where we are right now in, in, in 2020. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of the reasons why in this whole fucking rewatch culture uh, in, in quarantine, <clears throat> people gravitated so much to The Sopranos because I think we're really in a portion of the world uh, it, it, I should say in history where 
feeling not appreciated is is a part of our culture. If you're, you're I've always felt of, underappreciated, you know. Well, so yeah. Like, if you're a part of a white, uh, like ethnic white subset uh, of uh, the American experience, um, mm-hmm. 2020, you're feeling more underappreciated than ever. You know what I mean? Because it's just like you know, every day it's like they got the Asians and the blacks, and they got uh, <laughs> all these. What about us? When are we gonna get worse? <laughs> and you know that's what's so great about the episode we're gonna talk about today because that's oh, yeah. so much a part of this episode is that someone who doesn't feel uh, appreciated uh, asserts kind of his uh, privilege and ability upon another person. Oh, for sure. Who who, who is not just underappreciated, but mm. is actually systemically uh, made to be a lesser human being, and in, 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 even in his own job. Yeah, I Anyhow, mean, no, you went deep on theme immediately. You're like, do you, I mean, right off I the bat, you did like some homework. It's it's great. Yeah, most of our guests don't even watch the episode. They just <laughs> pretend. I, I I really love this particular episode, and I I think it's because the episode in itself is about Junior's cancer. That's mm. the whole, and that's the entire uh, episode in a nutshell. You don't need to think about it. In almost anything. Everything that else happens. Mm-hmm. It's just about how you get to the thing of Junior recognizing that his cancer is real. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's also, like uh, most Sopranos episodes, um, about titties and meat. And <laughs> to me, those are the most important things that uh, the Sopranos has to, to teach us as a culture. Uh, that, you know, titties are awesome to look at. And uh, there's all different types of meat that you can that you can eat. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Tony's cool, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony's cool as fuck. He's like yeah, one yeah. of the, one of the coolest guys. Um. So you are in Brooklyn right now. I am. Is that where, where are you from? I grew up on Staten Island. Oh, okay. So you're you're a native uh, East Coast guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I, that's I that's up- that's the most Italian place to be from, isn't it? Staten Island, it, it, other than Italy, other than you Italy. Know, <laughs> as you know, and that's funny. Like as as a Jewish American growing up in a in, in a, a primarily uh, Italian American uh, southern portion of Staten Island, the reason why this show was always so like familiar to me is that like. You know, growing up in like the New York City area, especially around the people I did that, you know, from like the Jewish part of my family and then mm-hmm. the people who were married in and some like my cousins and aunts that were Italian. Um, you know, I learned a lot about how in the end we're, we're kind of the same, you know, like Jews, Jews and, and Italians. Italian, very, very much the same, whereas we feels both the have same. this. I feel it, like it's this same. I feel it's like we're literary uh, literary foils because, like, you know, we both envy. Like, there's certain attributes that I feel like Jews uh, don't have as much, and and envy in Italians, and vice versa. Like, we're always. Right, I'm uh, I'm, ca- I'm calling the ADL, but go yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, what did Jews I not have? I think I think Italians. Well, I don't know. Speaking for myself, I feel like. Uh, Italians envy the uh, like the more intellectual. I feel like Jews are a little more intellectual, and Italians are always sort of uh, envious of that. And uh, and Italians, oh, that's true, dude. I'm hell, I'm hella smart. And Italians are a little more meat heady, which I feel like Jews, uh, you know, they might uh, they might that envy, envy that quality I mean, a little bit. But and they, but, but we, we both have like the same 
like you said, the same like grievance, uh, the same same grievances and guilt. Really, it really does begin with that. Um, for for most of us who are like you know maybe second generation, uh, like post World War II, for both you know Jews and Italians, we have this very kind of like rooted in grievance why we're here in the fucking first place Mm -hmm. like you know oh fucking mussolini fucking hitler this is why we're here yeah and and, and so you know you you think about that and it's so funny to think about the tv show um golden girls because literally (laughs) like they made those jokes back in the 80s yeah like like uh, like her grandmother leaving palermo and Mm -hmm. you know and and like I guess having an affair with Mussolini or it's a great show. Like, I literally watched it last night. Well, before we get too deep into the episode, play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Mm. I, I love the effort you fucking put into that. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. That took me... T- weeks you know <laughs> at first it took for a few days uh just mapping out the concept uh you know using a, a dry erase board <laughs> um then i got a focus group together and i was like what should we do with this theme song and breakout eventually, sessions it's great yeah it really uh you know it, uh, it's like how defiler did you know it sounds like that <laughs> that was their fucking process yeah that was like- definitely yeah, uh, in order to write uh, that theme song, uh, I had to be electrocuted first and then get clean, uh, which I believe. Isn't that how, how Defiler, clean? isn't that what happened I, with them? There's a lot. I think there was heroin involved. Yes, yes, yes. There was coke and heroin involved in the Defiler story. Oh, led God. led to, um, what is it, something day? Visiting day. Visiting day. Thank you, Defiler. Um, all right. So today, like we said before, uh, or actually, I don't know if we said it. Today, we're going to be talking about season three, episode five of The Sopranos, Another Toothpick, um, which premiered March 25th, 2001. Vince, uh, what, what was the synopsis of this episode? Bobby Bacala Bacalieri Sr. comes out of retirement to deal with a young hothead named Mustang Sally. Much to mm. the chagrin of his son and Uncle Junior. Yeah, that is that's a synopsis. Uh, so it premiered March twenty fifth, two thousand one, and uh, you know what? I I think that means that we need to uh, take a little trip back to know what was going on in America. That's when right. This episode came out. That's right, Matt. You need to know. You can't separate any art from its cultural context, and uh, absolutely, you know, we need to know what was happening in society. What was the the zeitgeist? Where were we at on March 25th, uh, 2001? And that's why we go to the Remember When. Remember When is the lowest form of conversation. All right. That's right. So March 25th, 2001. 
some of the headlines that were happening. Uh, no more free birthday cake at Goldman Sachs uh, was a story <laughs> in the New York Post. Uh, Goldman Sachs CEO Hank Paulson could be singing It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To on his birthday this week, but he'll do it without making a wish and blowing out the candles unless his minions chip in to buy the cake for him out of their own pockets. Uh, so what yeah, what the fuck? This is a story. Yeah, insiders, how is this a story? Insider, this oh, is it, this is the best part. Uh, insiders at the White Shoe Investment Bank said there's a buzz about no more free birthday cakes as part of a company wide cost cutting effort. Uh, and and then the only person they quote is a Goldman Sachs spokesperson who says the story is nonsense. So uh, you know, great job, Post. Uh, that is so fucking it, weird. But you know, they like the is after the dot com bubble burst. That's like inner office hey. drama, though. Yeah, man, that, that that was when my career started. Was when that dot com bubble burst because <laughs> young schmucks like me would work for fucking nothing. Yeah, um, and uh, it, I, another thing, that was the year that the WWF bought the WCW. That <laughs> March two thousand one watershed <laughs> event. It, I mean. It, Look, in, in 2001, you know, I, I had a weird girlfriend mm. kind of at the time. Who didn't in I 2001? I didn't. And, and, I was in high school. And and, <laughs> and, and, and and the one thing that she wasn't really interested in is when me and, like, my family would watch pro wrestling together. And, like, yeah. this was like, a huge moment in, like, 2000s, late 90s culture. Is that, is that what fucking... is that what made her weird? Was it that she didn't want to watch wrestling? <laughs> No, no, she was just fucking weird in general. Oh, okay. But like the the but the thing like she had this weird thing that she really really did not like that I like pro wrestling. She was really upset with it. She's like this is such a waste of time. And I was like, "Okay, yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> I'll fucking live with it." Uh, that was like and, that was uh, like when we found out uh what's his face uh was going to be directing both Star Trek and Star Wars movies uh, in the same year. J.J. Abrams. Oh, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. 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 Too much. Not fair. Also. Not cool, not a, not a good director. Also, uh, other things that happened March 25th. Um, no, no, not too many notable deaths, deaths, but we had Brian Trubshaw, a British test pilot who was the first person to fly the Concorde, uh, dead at age 77. Um, fascinating yeah. fascinating yeah. news that item was still, you know it's kind of lame that we don't have uh we had a supersonic airline and now we don't yeah. have it anymore it's kind of well because it blew I up stand a high flying king dude listen yeah same z's like it blew it, up a ended couple up of times you could get from new york to london in three hours though that's amazing honestly you know, honestly with like, the miles i got right now yeah. Holy shit. yeah if i i could use these miles yo united pop that concord back in i could do here I, I'm, I'm not going to London now. Jesus I'm just Christ. saying, just because like a couple hundred like British bitches died. Look, you know, some of us want to roll the fucking dice and get there quick. Some of you us know are ready saying? to die, bro. Born ready. <laughs> I want to Brexit my ass sub like supersonic. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and let me fly. Um, uh, the top movies in the country on this weekend uh, were Heartbreakers. That was with mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sigourney Weaver. Oh yeah, oh, I love that movie. Uh, boy, uh, yeah, I, I liked. Jennifer Love Hewitt back in the day. I'm not going to lie. Was... 2001 Sigourney also. True. Yeah. True. Woo-hoo. Yeah. They're um, both kind of at their peak. Yeah. So, uh, number two movie was The Brothers. I think that was one of the first uh, black rom-com starring Morris Chestnut, D.L. Hughley, 
and uh, and uh, Bill Bellamy. I feel like they're all all those three are always in the same movies together for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, number three movie was a uh, holdover from last week. Exit Wounds with Steven mm. Seagal and DMX. Um, oh yeah. Oof. Top song. Ex- I'm a little yeah. disappointed that it knocked Butterfly by Crazy Town out of the top slot. Uh, that sucks. Top song. I, I'm hoping it's going to come back in future. Me weeks. too. But uh, the top song was Angel by Shaggy, which uh, pretty solid jam. I'm sorry. Solid jam. Yeah. Solid, Lord solid the- jam. I don't even care what Shaggy's saying. I'm going to listen. I like it. Yeah. Just yeah. Throw out this. <laughs> you and you know it's like what's great is he's just kind of like hey my god my hey it's me it's shaggy like that's the great thing about it it's just like jamaican golem <laughs> it's just like all of a sudden he's just like hey it's me it's like yeah i'm gonna hey, let's go to my concert like, like it's just the way it is god shaggy want the precious shaggy want the precious uh all right well that was what was going on March 25th, 2001. A lot of great things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the episode. Um, so, like you said, this is the uh, the episode where we meet Bobby Bacala's dad for the first time and, uh, and the last time, oh. unfortunately. Burt and, Young, great. Um, yeah. Uh, fantastic work in this episode. Great. Fucking Paulie. Perfect coughing. Like, the coughing, <laughs> honestly, at this point... I, I uh I'm just trained now since coronavirus uh to fear coughing. And so <laughs> I, I was uncomfortable most of the episode every time he was on screen because I just wanted to clear his lungs out for him. But uh but he was a he was great. Um so I, I have uh some Bada B stories real quick, just to sum up all of the, you know, plot points of the episode. All right, here we go. Hold on. Bada B story. If these don't rhyme, I'm fucking leaving this podcast. Dude, you know that they're gonna rhyme. Okay, good. All right. The question is, I know is, how to produce a podcast. I'll yeah, just tell you, you know, like we understand. Oh, I see. He's trying to take my spot. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Um, <laughs> so, bada B stories, real quick. <clears throat> Mustang Sally thinks he better slow his Mustang down. Bobby's daddy thinks he better mow his godson down. Tony Soprano accidentally demotes a cop who's brown. Uncle Junior reaping what he sows. He wears a frown. <laughs> Hairpiece Ralphie is kind of mad that Gigi stole his crown. And finally, Artie Buco breaks up with his wife and wears an earring now. All he wants to do is ride Adriana. Come ride. on. what do you, that, oh, ride, you didn't, I didn't ri- see the cue. Sorry, man. Ride, Artie, ride. God damn it, you guys. It was Mother good. F- oh. It was good. All she wants to do is dance. <laughs> yeah, no. But it's a, it it kind of sounded like you're did. going in that No, yeah. I'm doing... Uh, listen, I'm not a great singer, but I think I did a pretty good job. Um, All right. So let's get into this episode, shall we? This episode opens with Carmela and Tony Soprano... Uh. At therapy, first the, Carmela's first, th- yeah, her first therapy sesh, and I, uh, I, pretty great, I have to say. Uh, I, I, you, it's something we, we've been waiting for. I think for a while on this show, which is like uh, someone else other than the audience, other than us, to witness what goes on in therapy, and they did a really good job of of kind of showing the reality of what happens when you're like 
you know, when your one-on-one sessions are viewed by another person in which you completely change your personality and are like, actually, I'm I'm, I'm super together. That my, um, you know, I, I, my therapist once asked, well, do you want to bring your wife into therapy once? And oh, I was yeah. Like, I thought about it. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll stay on this fucking track. We'll, yeah. we'll let her work her shit out. I'll stay here. Yeah, um, no, I mean, I, I had a, I had a therapist, uh, when I lived in San Francisco for a while, that I was so covetous of that I I like I struggled to give anyone their his name. That's like how much I was like because he was he was doing such a good job with me that like other comedians would be like, oh, I hear there's like this really great therapist that you see who like sees a lot of comedians. I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Stay away from Dino because Dino <laughs> changed For me, my life. It was more, I I I look at more like a separation of powers. Sure. Like in a relationship for me, like what, like, and so there are things that I believe. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I wanted to do some sort of couples therapy, um, yeah, I probably would, but in get the, a different the therapist. Time. That's what I would yeah. do. If I want to do couples therapy, get a different therapist, someone with a yeah. clean slate, because the last thing I want is my therapist to, uh, to start revealing shit that I've talked about for years with them to mm-hmm. my significant other. Cause yeah. that's, no, let's they're, be honest, in, they're in the circle. That's what you trust. do in therapy. They're supposed to take that to yeah. the grave. Well, but, you uh, know, we, we both have kind of like my wife and I have this kind of established because she's I've... got her own things. <laughs> Sorry. You stick with your thing. I stick with my thing. And right. It's cool. Yeah. And I think that's healthy. Um, but they do have this great moment, uh, in therapy where, um, Carmela, because I guess she's, unfamiliar with uh what it's like to have like an open and honest conversation around uh, relationship troubles immediately takes offense at the line of questioning that uh that dr melfi has posed to her and i have a clip of that yeah they could have been a little bit nicer to each other i feel like i thought they were plenty nice like maybe you do things you know that uh, have some effect on me oh really what people affect each other in life Oh, I get it. Is this how it works? You can't get any answers out of him, so you start looking for someone else to point the finger at? She's not saying anything. Why are you getting so defensive? Maybe you should explore your own behavior. Maybe you pass out because you're guilty over something. Maybe the fact that you stick your dick into anything with a pulse. You ever thought of exploring that as a root cause? Very nice. That's very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like people who smoke their whole lives, and then they sue the cigarette companies when they get cancer. You know, you agreed it's, to it's come really, here. It's really one of my favorite Carmela lines. Um, stick your dick in. I actually, I, I, I'm a moron and I take notes. And mm-hmm. there's two things in that scene that like I, uh, there's a few things in the scene that I read. Before you get to that whole kind of uh, rant mm-hmm. between the two of them, it, it's really silent in the room. And all of a sudden you hear, it's just a stomach. Oh growl. yeah, that <laughs> is. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's yeah, there is. You, they mic'd uh, a stomach growl, which was it, it was it was so perfect that I thought it was mm-hmm. my stomach. It was <laughs> they intentionally. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, 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 fucking ridiculous. Right, just sit there. Silence, anger, and then you pass out and you blame the rest of the fucking world. Yeah, I love you too. You're both very angry. 
Yeah, you must have been at the top of your fucking class. <laughs> such a good line. I mean, that's such Dude, a it's totally such a perfect button for that scene. It really is. And and uh I, you know, that is another thing that I appreciate about um when they're doing the therapy right on the Sopranos, it's uh they end before they have to analyze the button of the scene. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Cuz yeah, like yeah. it very easily you don't want it, you don't want it to break you don't want them to break down the button of the scene. It's like No, right, you don't want it, it to break it down. You hit it That's, hard and move on. Move on exactly. It's uh it's very nice. Um, yeah. So then, immediately following that uh, scene, Tony gets pulled over uh, by a black cop, and that is kind of Tony's storyline for this episode: is him dealing with not just like uh, you know being pulled over by a black cop, but also just his uh, intense racism for black <laughs> people in general. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it is definitely it's kind of weird because you uh you know you see him uh you know he gets pulled over he's doing whatever he can to like let this black cop know you know I could I could hurt your career and the cop isn't having it at all well and Tony breaks the first rule of bribes there and the first rule yeah. of dealing with cops is that you're supposed to be nice and not like you don't immediately go into hey buddy my fucking taxes pay your salary he immediately right. goes into like uh, it, expecting stuff from him. It's because he's racist. It's because he's he's more offended that he was pulled over by a black cop than he was uh, if it had been a white cop. I think he's just he is, and he's also he's a little raw from therapy, you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He had, a, and, he had and a, then, a good session. And Charles S. Dutton, you know, as Leon, is is so. Charles S. Dutton has a way of playing these very like. I'm being nice because I have to mm. kind of characters. And it was a very like um, cultural uh, specific kind of uh, role he was playing. Yeah. Uh, in all moments in the, the episode, Charles S. Dutton is interacting with Tony. He has to be cool. Yeah. He, he plays it cool throughout in a way that's, uh, it's impressive, uh, and it also kind of like you you end up using it a little bit as evidence when uh, Assemblyman Zellman says that everyone hates him and they think he has mental problems. It's a weird thing because, you know, as soon as he says that, you're like, yeah, he was abnormally calm when he talked to Tony. He must be mentally ill. Like, that, that, that was a thought that I had. It To me, it really was indicative of just like, I think what it really comes down to is not really understanding what you as like a white person Mm -hmm. are inflicting on a person and that is intentionally having to be nice because of, of what they do. And then when you include their race into the kind of conversation Mm -hmm. and they have to continue to be nice, right? it It is their job. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, he doesn't he doesn't want to lose uh the job uh at the you know whatever the birdbath factory or wherever uh, wherever he works. Well, yeah, first of all, it's in Fountains the- of Wayne. Don't get yes. it straight. And that's a very oh. historic uh lawn ornament store which of course also provided the name for Fountains of Wayne uh RIP. Um and yeah, uh, yeah as a well, real store, I had I had to look it up. I was like, "Wait, being from the West Coast, I was like, "Wait, is Fountains of Wayne a real place, it or is. did the band get that from the show? But no, it's a real place. 
uh, and it actually shut down in 2009. Okay, so well that I, that ruins that ruins my alternate title for this episode, which was a cab. All cops are birdbath salesmen. <laughs> so I guess I I'll have to change it. That, I lived in that like North area Jersey for a while, mm. so I, I I did remember uh, I was in Jersey City around this time and i remember or maybe a little after and i remember when when thinking of that whole fountains of wayne and i looked it up and of course there it is in fucking wayne new jersey oh that uh, makes so. sense see if i had known it was in wayne i would understand the title completely. I, I like that uh it reminds me of that snl sketch with the marble columns where it was just uh like scarlett johansson and fred armison where they're like you gotta get yourself some marble columns uh it's just like a weird like a one of those places that just sells tacky things uh yeah yeah, you gotta love that it's a it's a basically a spencer's gifts for adults is what it sounds like to me (laughs) yeah you can get yourself some gnomes some fountains (laughs) uh and a kid kid pissing yeah Yeah. yeah, kid you get yourself a kid pissing uh you know if you're portuguese you can get like the virgin mary uh she's (laughs) i don't know why portuguese people always have fucking uh like a statue of the virgin mary in their yard is that specific to portuguese people i lived on a street with like a bunch of portuguese people in san diego and they all had like virgin mary uh virgin mary like shrines in the yard which i thought was uh, you know you don't you don't think about the Portuguese that much anymore. You know what I mean? Unless you, unless you. I have mean, to. There, there's a. Huge, what, what are they doing? <laughs> there's a huge Portuguese community in the uh, New England area, specifically Maine. Huh. Uh, they're very, very much part of the uh, seafood uh, acquisition industry. If it's you strange. It just you know what it is. I it's, watch a lot of fucking documentaries. A lot of a lot of Anthony Bourdain. I'm just saying it's like it's I think the reason we don't talk about Portuguese any anymore um, is that the language uh, sucks. It, it sounds Aww. like a no, it's a deaf Frenchman trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is only it's vowels. Just, it's it's funny. They have like, it's two, only, they have like two consonants. It's great. Yeah, but when you get to Brazil, you get all these like pretty ladies who speak it. So yeah, but they it. speak like oh. deaf Frenchmen speaking Spanish. It's just like you know, it's like that's what ruins it. It's just like ah, oh, so close. Anyways, it's a great country. Did you know it? it's in Europe? Okay, moving on. Uh, in terms of like, what's our favorite and least favorite? Um, the the only moment I don't like is when he calls Councilman uh, or uh, yeah, Assemblyman Zellman. Uh, first he calls him to be like, this guy fucked with me. And then Zellman gets this dude basically demoted. Uh, and he is no longer out on the street. Now he has to work a second job because he's not allowed to get overtime. And Tony feels bad. And, and uh, to that me, it made sense to me. I mean, it made sense, but I also was like, it doesn't go back to what Carmela said. What, what did Carmela say? She said, maybe it's because you feel guilty. You know, uh, the things that I mean, literally, and, 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 and it, that's I'm, true. I'm no, you're right. I mean, he was hey, thinking you, about you him. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, that's what the whole episodes tend to be. Yeah. Um, you learn about what the rest of the episode is going to be in, in, in the, the Melfi scenes. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry but, to be so deep about it. Just saying, like, you saw this coming from what you saw in the Melfi portion. No, I, I would say sure. even from a on a shallower level, like. Tony is doing what you do when you get a ticket. You're looking out for number one. You want the ticket to go away. 
But then when he realizes that like there's consequences to another human of his ticket going away, he feels bad, which I feel like is a natural feeling. He's like, I just called you to get rid of the ticket. Like I didn't call you like so that, and I feel like people get shit from their jobs for reasons that are very similar. Like someone just wants a problem fixed, but that turns into uh, someone right. getting punished for it. Yeah, I know, but uh, it, it, he when he shows up at uh, Fountains of Wayne to um, look for a part for his bird bag. Check out Stacy's mom and uh, to, yeah, get a red check dragon out tattoo. Mom just to see if she's got it going on. And <laughs> and he, he runs into him, and he's immediately giving him shit for working there. He's immediately <laughs> yeah, giving him shit. So hey, it's not like shaft. He, he goes he, literally, hey, chef. He calls him shaft. Uh, he calls him Shaft and, uh, Ask you know, him if he's working undercover. Yeah. And, and then, you know, if he's going to write a ticket to a, a naked fountain and shit like that, he is he is giving him shit. He doesn't give a shit about this dude's socioeconomic status. That's for fucking sure. You definitely um, don't. Also, you don't want to do that to fucking Charles S. Dutton. He killed the guy in a knife fight like that's uh, that guy's seen some <laughs> shit. He's been to prison. You don't want to fuck with that guy. Well, you know, uh, he, he I guess uh, he didn't know. But I think it just to me. Uh, I don't know. It, it was like I could see a normal person being like, oh, I didn't know I took away your overtime, you know, but I just I, I couldn't really see. I've, I mean, Tony can be empathetic. But uh, anyways, that all kind of goes away the moment that um, that Meadow shows up back into the story and reveals that she had her bike stolen uh, <laughs> by a by a black guy. And that uh, triggers Tony's racism to a point where he completely forgets about giving a shit about this cop. And uh, I actually, I have a clip from that. Well, don't you think they should know they have a thief preying on the school? What are you talking about? Nothing. Her bike was stolen from outside the library two weeks ago. The 10 speed? Some black guy from the neighborhood. One of the other kids saw him. What? Did I say anything? black guy imagine that tony it's just you know i can't believe it i'm not listening to this shit why don't you admit it you're thinking exactly what i'm thinking tony what did i say what is it my fault you're twice as likely to be robbed by a black that is so fucking racist <laughs> happens to be a fact for your information Citation crime needed. is an economic issue not a racial one White or African-American, you're more likely to steal if you're in a lower income bracket, which most African-Americans are. Good, then you'll feel better when the next one takes your car stereo. You are such a <laughs> hypocrite. This is what I've been trying to tell you all along. You stay with your own people. But wait a second. Where are you going with that lamp? I'm taking it. You want that lamp? She's a nasty woman for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's like, she is such a, like... A post-Hillary liberal. Yes, yes. The best way to kind of put what I look at, like adult meadow. Yeah. She she has a Twitter account that has like a still with her hashtag. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's got like it's got like the uh, her banner up the uh top. It's like uh, Bill and Hillary and Tim Kaine and his wife. And yeah. A DNC from 2016 with the every balloons. Every other tweet is just a quote tweet that says, but her emails like <laughs> she's got like, a, she's got a, she's got memes with Nancy Pelosi and her and her fierce red <laughs> her, suit. Yeah. Just just like, you know, sleigh clapping and shit. <laughs> yeah. She's been K hive since day one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I I. 
I think about what Meadow Soprano would be doing now, and all I can think is like, oh man, she is uh, she has a much more successful NPR podcast than we do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like her shit is on NPR, and she is fucking. She's just crushing it right now. You know, it's funny. Um, I adopted a, a dog, and uh, nice, and she had a really shitty name. And I didn't like her name, and mm. and we so I killed it. her. No, no. no. <laughs> so I was just like, no, I, I didn't kill her. Fuck that. No, uh, no I just went with like Meadow. Yeah, well, you know, Tony loves your dog, and uh, <laughs> she, she, Tony just wants your dog not to, you know, pal around with black dogs. That's all. Well, <laughs> that's you know what? You know who doesn't want people to pal around with anyone? Mm. Mustang fucking Sally. Oh, yeah. Which is Ooh, the, I'm really good at segways. Look at that. You, d- I you mean, did it's, a, s- it's a brilliant nickname. I feel like this is like the best nickname so far in The Sopranos is Mustang Sally. Because his name's Sal. Sure. He drives a Mustang. Uh, you know, no, Mustang get- Sally. It's a solid name. I oh, absolutely. Not a pussy. No pussy involved. Yeah. yeah. No, no fucking like salted fish. Just yeah. like he has a Mustang and his name is Sal. Yeah. Also, I uh, feel like Mustang Sally like describes... His entire personality because he has, I know. The, he has the personality of everyone who drives a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. It is unfortunate. It's almost like it was like uh, you wonder how far back he's been called Mustang Sally. You wonder if he what came first, the Mustang or or the nickname? Because like that nickname, if it came first, ruined his life. <laughs> he could have been any other Sal, dude. Like he but instead someone was like, Oh, let's call him Mustang Sally, and immediately started smoking meth and hitting women. Like that, that's the unfortunate nature of that kind of nickname. Cause I can't think of a more scumbag nickname for someone than Mustang Sally. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, also like this also brings us to my, since we're doing, we haven't done favorite yet, but we're doing yeah. favorite, least favorite. My least favorite part of this episode is uh, the coma guys, incredibly fake scalp. Like that whole first scene Yes. Or that whole scene where, you know, she's talking to the guy uh, who Mustang Sally's about Vito's to hit. Vito's brother. Yeah, Vito's yeah, brother. Yeah, Vito's brother. All I can focus on is his really fake scalp. And I, I wonder if, like, they needed his scalp to look like that so they could add the, like, head injury makeup to it. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that's yeah. what they needed. It's funny. I didn't notice that it was a fake scalp. I just thought, like, that is a weird scalp. But now that I think about it, you're right. They they just applied all of the makeup, uh, you know, early, so that they could be ready for the the shot where they just hit him in the face with a putter. Was that a putter? Yeah, he that hit was him a with putter. a putter. Right? Yeah, that's an old school Ooh. like uh, Titleist. Uh, what were those things oh called? God. I think it's called like an answer. I want to know. What are you one. knowing names of putters? I had I had one of those at one point. They hit the ball. You move to Fresno. You start playing <laughs> golf. I've been and playing like, golf since I was nine, man. Come on. Well, listen, you, you, play, you the, knowing the names of putters that's where i draw the line you're too Trump classy National for me Putter now. school uh, yeah, you're heading out there in the links with the yeah. old man with the bag of hats you yeah. think you're better than me you call them sticks is what you do i grew up next to a municipal golf course <laughs> that's right it's the only kind i ever played it's a good kind um uh, yeah what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, so one, the must one thing about the the dude that uh, Vito's brother, yeah, with, with before he gets brain like brained, yeah, gets straight brained. Yeah, uh, he asks for a Manhattan special. I was gonna ask about very, that. What is that? So a Manhattan special is a coffee soda. It uh, is a very very what? specific. It's a very New York. They have uh, that. Yeah, it is a coffee soda. It is unsweetened. It tastes like coffee. Straight coffee. It, it has no sugar. It has no cream. It's just black coffee soda. It's With bubbles? Very- is that the whole thing? It's I just mean, like, it, I want my coffee yeah, to have yeah. bubbles? Kind of sounds like, yeah. uh, like a cold brew, kind of like a proto cold brew well, kind of thing. I mean, it, it's a cold carbonated coffee. Yeah. Ah. That's what they're trying to do with that very, nitro cold brew. It is a very, very, um, like, we got a couple of kind of things that are just like synonymous with New York City, like the yeah. bacon, egg, and cheese, egg cream, nine eleven. The, the egg cream, it is so it is a relic of time gone by. Nowadays, yeah. though, like a Manhattan Special is a thing that's in a bottle, and it has been in a bottle for as long as I can remember. And you, you go anywhere in the five boroughs, you can get yourself a Manhattan special, including in Jersey, where it is just as popular, especially North Jersey, because it's just the, that's it, the, it, that's the sixth borough. I like yeah. uh, I like that, the, the you know, the, there's all these New York specialties where they just put soda in places that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Can we talk about uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to shorten our discussion of Mustang Sally, but oh, please. I love the storyline that Artie is in love with Adriana because oh, yeah. it somehow turns Tony into uh, like the unlikely relationship expert because yes. he's he I, I feel like his You're reaction his reaction to uh, Artie falling in love with Adriana is at once like he's laughing at Artie because he's so cliche and pathetic but he's also like so 
so uh, empathetic towards his friend. So so empathetic towards his friend in a way. In yeah, a way, no, it while is also like pointing out that like you are a fucking idiot. You are every middle aged man who falls in love with his employee. Yeah, he's going. He's he's way over the top. Uh, and just the whole super theme out of, of line. Party every time. I know. A woman is in that. He he looks at them and goes, "Is this for me?" Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Artie is Artie is such a loser clown, and you feel so bad for him because it's like he, 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 if he just could be comfortable. Yeah, uh, with himself, as, which is with every himself. every awkward person. It's like you just want to tell them yes. to be comfortable with themselves, and that brings me to like my other fa- my two favorite lines of the episode were "You must have been top of your fucking class," and uh, when Tony tells Artie that he's a married man, <laughs> and Artie he Artie does the thing that drunk people do, where they like over preface the statements they're gonna make, and he goes, "Yeah, can I tell? Oh, can, I, can I tell you something? She's a cunt." Yeah, <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> um, there's one thing that happens before this that I just really love is there's this scene where they're all in uh, the the hospital. Oh where yeah, they're they're and, and, and oh I just yeah, bring that's, this up yeah yeah because there's one part of this scene that is incredible to me. Paulie brings. A Whitman sampler. <laughs> yeah, the guy's in a fucking coma, and, and he brings and he brags to everybody. He's like, "I brought a Whitman sampler." Oh yeah, yeah. and it's what also, I love, yeah, it's that's a great, it's like a great Ralphie scene too, because Ralphie is like clearly being an asshole, but like if you squint through Ralphie's eyes, he's like, "Hey, I'm just trying to bring some levity to the situation." And Vince, you're like, Vince, All right, Vince, okay, Vince, Vince, he's a cunt. <laughs> no, he's just bringing some levity to the situation. It's okay. He yeah. was to be to be fair. He wasn't that smart to begin with. Yeah, no, it was There's, a good joke, and also yeah. like you know, you credit where credit is due. It was a perfectly fine joke. Yeah. Maybe not the right moment for it. No, but they again, just they did that thing where like you tell a joke, and if people laugh, it's good. But if they like act like it's bad, then it suddenly becomes bad. And it's like, no, the joke wasn't bad. It's your reaction to the joke made it weird. And, and, Ralphie's greatest strength is his timing or lack thereof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's a question. The question is, is he trying to it does he have bad timing? Uh, uh you know, and he's just trying to add stepper. a little levity. Yep. Or is he knows I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He likes yep. to push buttons. Yeah, he so he knows no one's gonna exactly. like this joke. Yeah. Exactly. Habitual fucking line stepper. Ralphie's yes. whole thing throughout the entire arc of Ralphie is mm-hmm. to step on every fucking toe he can. Yeah. And it's not because of anything else, but he feels underappreciated. He feels underappreciated. He's disrespected. I don't get no respect. You know, that's, uh, that's, he got passed over for Gigi. Got, I was passed over. That's Godfather mm-hmm. too. I know a thing or two about movies. Um, what I also love about the Whitman sampler is that as soon as Tony and Polly leave, um, all of the guys wet their beaks, yeah, and they all <laughs> they well, all just start eating the chocolates, which is the most mafia shit ever. Well, it's, it's also like, he's it not going to eat it. It also goes back to the reason that Italians and Jews uh, always are hanging out and like each other because I feel like Food. I feel like both in both cases our response our natural response to tragedy is to like overfeed people for whatever reason yeah 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 like if you go to any like italian or jewish funeral there's always so much fucking food there because we don't know how to respond to sadness other than to like make too much food for whatever reason yeah 
Yeah, you got to eat your feelings. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in that very scene, that's where uh, Tony, I think, um, Tony and Gigi talk about the fact that Bobby Bacala Sr. Um, is going to be, uh, you know, uh, is that when they talk? About oh, no, no. Tony basically tasks Gigi with the task of getting revenge and killing Mustang Sally. That's interesting because all mm-hmm. he says is, can you get him in line? He doesn't necessarily oh, say he doesn't give a whack. Oh, it's order, the mafia. Yeah. It's the mafia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in a, a, they're in a hospital. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, they, they've already had issues with Uncle Junior in, yeah. in medical facilities. Yes. And, and Tony has also kind of come to learn to say things in ways. Yeah, he's so, being careful. So, yeah. you know, get him in line. And remember, Gigi says, with extreme prejudice. Yeah. With extreme so, prejudice. Exactly. Which is which is indicative of what they're... And so it's amazing to me that they're in a room with a man in a coma and they're planning the death of another man. I mean, that's what well, they do. Well, this is funny. Know? This is a funny storyline because I feel like this is the uh, idealized vision of the mafia. It's like, oh, they're not... They're not bad. They're like uh, they're helping to keep order in the neighborhood. Like I feel like if I feel like someone right. who's who like really is into the mafia would see that. It's kind of the same thing that the KKK tries to do. It's like oh no, we just uh, you know if some guy's like beating his wife, we uh, we go in there and we straighten him out. And this is the kind of the same thing. It's like oh this guy has clearly has gone too far, and the co- and we can't go to the cops, so we gotta yeah, we gotta we gotta the, handle this the, within the community. I mean, that's he what the mafia guy is. He threw a guy off the, the, the balcony at the Meadowlands. Yeah, too yeah, much, yeah. Too much mustard or some shit. Too, too, no, too, too many no, onions. Too many onions. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Which Obviously, is bullshit. You know, onions are... But, there's, you cannot have too many onions on a hot dog, so that's bullshit. But yeah, I, I like onions. Yeah. It, like like you're saying, the mafia is just uh, a bunch of like sweaty, overweight Batman <laughs> just trying to, <laughs> trying to yeah. get justice when justice has not been served. It's fat um, man. It's fat men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they come across um, a perfect opportunity to, to do so um, after, uh, I guess it's Carmela's uncle dies. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I ask Febby. a question Febby. about uh, Gigi? Do you think Gigi is like the most stereotypical mafia guy in this show? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, but I, the fact that he, he comes from New England, like he's from Boston, oh. is also like a big, big thing too is Gigi from like, boston do they do they remember, make that explicit remember he kills patsy's brother yeah uh, and he comes back from you know boston i think and then he says how oh, was it that there yeah and he's like that's right like something something with clams see this uh, is why we have certified sopranos experts on our <laughs> podcast yeah someone's gotta yeah we we can't even remember the names of the characters like we forgot svetlana's name for a whole ass episode we're like the one-legged lady well because it's uh, like they get you know they gave her like the most uh stereotypical russian name yeah. so it's hard, hard to remember it's like wait is it anastasia or masha or <laughs> svetlana yeah. you know yeah it was one of the three um but yeah, then we're introduced uh, to Bobby Bacala Senior uh, at the at the funeral for Febby. Which um, can we can we talk well, about how f- like they are so lousy with incredible actors on the show? Like the entire yeah the entire scene so many. between 
uh, Artie Bucco and and Christopher. Like every time there's a Michael Imperioli scene, I'm like, God damn, is he actually like the fucking best actor on the show? But then, but then you get like a Carmela scene or yeah. or a Tony scene or even Artie is so like they're all so good. Yeah, it, it is rare to have a, a show where all of the all of the actors, not just the main characters, but all of them, uh, I would say the majority of them are incredible yeah. and always will have a few episodes where you're just like, are they the best actor yeah. on the show? And then like, Bert, Bert and Young comes in, he gets exactly. one episode and he like, you're like, God damn, I can't believe they're going to throw away someone who's this perfect of a Sopranos actor. But it and, was and memorable. It memorable. Was. It was incredible. And and that's the great thing about like him as is you know Bobby Senior, um, is that they put him in there in that particular role so that you remembered, yeah, him, that he was a constant. They did that like super intentionally. Yeah, I think to, so too. To, to cement Bobby, it yeah. had, I think that that what they did was they needed to give Bobby. Uh, because they wanted, I think, to. Th- this is just my own fucking theory. Uh huh. They did the Bobby Senior thing because they needed to give more weight to the Bobby Junior character, yeah. and by giving him a backstory uh, that goes beyond just the little bullshit that we've heard, the fat guy from the the, the season two, mm-hmm. um, it, it made his character a lot more like part of the series especially once he's with janice right and mm-hmm. so i think that you needed to like create more connection and so saying bobby senior worked a lot for junior was a big part of that like that was mentioned yeah in yeah the episode and and, and so yeah, and like bobby is so such like this henpecked personality that you kind of get the sense that he has a type A kind of father, and then they put this guy in there, and it like it's perfect. It makes complete sense in mm-hmm. every way. Yeah, and I, and I do think that Bobby's the most emotionally mature out of all of them, and it's hard <laughs> to write an emotionally mature gangster because you're just like, uh, you know, you you want him I mean, to be. He is. He's kind of the real big pussy. He really no is. Yeah. No Gumars. Yeah. No Gumars. The, the dude has never even murdered someone before. Like until yeah, and when he does, you you see the kind of like how how hard it is on him. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. And it's not until what season six. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really, you can tell that like his he was definitely just kind of born into it, and it's nice seeing a little bit of origin story. Um, and in terms of Burt Young. Uh, I think to me, he has one of the most memorable Sopranos uh, hitman scenes yeah. uh, of the entire series. Just like him coughing himself to death while trying to murder his <laughs> oh, idiot godson. Well, and, and yeah, and listening to what he is in the car. So him like yeah, just yeah. so fucking jazzed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just shot this fucking moron. Yeah, like, that's like he's so psyched up, and I think that that's the reason why he said, "Like, Junior, I wanted to." Yeah, that was the whole point. Is that he knew he was so close to death that these were the things that when he was alive, he was so good at. Yeah, and that was I think what they were trying to say is, and and, and that's why he it gave a little bit more understanding to the Bobby. Junior yeah, character. for yeah. sure. I do, uh, I, yeah. I have a clip okay. from uh from him and his uh his scene with Mustang Sally. The old man? I don't know what you look like. Like an old fucking man. 
So cold. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you should do yourself a favor. Quit while you're young. You gotta die from something, Boppy. Hey, fuck ass. I'll take the shit out of here. All right. I'm sorry. Let me talk to my uncle. Who's this little spick? Guy I know. He fucks the lady whose house it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I know line. what that's like. <laughs> Such a good line. I, he fucks the lady. He fucks the lady whose house it is. So good. Yeah, it's like it's it's like the default scumbag line too. It's, 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 gonna, it's gonna be on his tombstone. I fucked the lady whose house it was. And, and, and the implication, the implication that the house is on Staten Island for me makes it even fucking better. I just like I love like how shitty they were supposed to make everybody a part of the scene. But yeah. the fact that Mustang Sally runs to Staten Island to go hang out with his friend that just happens to be in a house mm-hmm. that he's fucking the lady who owns it. Yeah. That's how it all comes together. And he calls his like dying uncle to get him a fucking pass. Oh the yeah. Rest of the mafia from murdering him. <laughs> I was wrong. Take it easy. I got your pass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so fucking much. Tell Tony it will never happen again, I swear. Or if it does, I'll at least yell four next time, huh? I'm sorry. I shouldn't make jokes. <coughs> Give me a glass of water. Maybe I should send him something. Some flowers or some shit. Oh, what the fuck? Oh. Hey, fucking grease boy. Come on. Come on. Anyone spot me, No, Mr. Buckle please, please, no more. <laughs> That's professional acting coughing. That yeah. coughing is so intense. Also, I it love, so I love the line read of, you fucking greaseball, yeah. You fucking greaseball. He calls him a greaseball. And uh, and I got to say, there's like some internalized, you know, anti-Italian-American stuff yep. going on there because he's just throwing out the same things that were said to him when he was a kid. You know, it's yeah. the cycle of racism. You know, just because the guy's I'm Puerto sure Rican. He's probably going to yell, you're busted. You're not a virgin anymore. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I I don't know. It's, it's his last moments. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I felt like um, Mustang Sally was really bad and not getting whacked. And uh, he should have been able to turn that around. But it's all worth it for just uh, Bobby Sr.'s entire post-whacking scene where he's in the car just grooving out to the music and taking the cigarette like it's the you know the best sex he's ever had oh yeah so good yeah and it's uh he's listening to uh what is that song the that golden haired surprise song what what is that song i don't i've heard it i know it but i don't know who sings it or what it's called it's just like one of those oldies uh it is sister golden hair by america yeah yeah just yeah. a just a perfect song in a for chevy him to- lumina yeah <laughs> just covered in blood <laughs> there's two lines that junior throws in the uh in the whole negotiations there, there's there's moments where junior goes stop speaking in anagrams yeah which yeah. Is, is a 
fucking classic line. Yeah, and that's a that's a malapropism, uh, isn't it? Like I don't, he, I don't. Yeah. I've never heard someone say so, speak in anagrams. Of. I think, I mean, yeah, it sort of is. He's don't not, speak in riddles. I've never heard. Sure. Spe- I've heard of speaking in so, riddles. Yeah, but yeah. anagram seems made up. Sure. So there's like two moments. So there's the first scene where he's explaining to him, and then the second scene where he's telling Bobby. You know, he has to do it. He's like, look, Junior, he's retired. He's a sick man. And he goes, what is this? What, in the Navy? And so that's <laughs> yeah. like, well, just the classic Junior, like, uh, Teddy Roosevelt once gave a sp- speech with a bullet in his chest. Like, <laughs> yeah. all the- that, there's well, so many classic angry Junior because he's angry right. about something else moments. But yeah. the, but the I, best thing about it is the fact that you, you're wondering, like, why is this like so upsetting to junior and then mm-hmm. he admits in the scene in the hospital with tony uh what you think is the twist and the twist is uh oh i have cancer i have stomach cancer and you assume oh so that's everything that's why you know he's been acting like this and whatnot um but the yeah, real we reason kind of talked about it. We talked but, about this real quick before the, the the episode, and just I felt like the whole. If you take this whole episode in 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 a nutshell, mm-hmm. this whole episode is about Junior's cancer. Everything is about Junior's cancer in, in right. some way or another. Yeah, no, I mean it's like this episode should be called the Big C mm-hmm. Commitment, the Big Casino. <laughs> The big casino is also good, but what I like about the scene where he's talking to Tony uh, and telling him I have cancer, you realize the actual reason that he's freaking out isn't just that he has cancer; it's that he has cancer, and Burt Young's character was supposed to die of cancer mm-hmm. because he believes so fully in the rule of threes, threes. that he's just <laughs> like he's like now he's dead in a car accident and i'm definitely next it doesn't matter what you mm-hmm. know uh how good of a doctor tony gets he, me or he anything asks bobby he asks bobby did yeah. they tell, say what the cause of death was was it the, the, the metastasis or yeah. was it because of the car accident yeah and that's why he cares it's literally just the rule of threes it all comes back to the fact that these are very superstitious people yeah and, i also yeah. yeah i also love that uh like that entire the entire drama is like Bobby and Junior are sort of mad that Tony would send this old man off to do a hit and uh, and then like the worst thing that could happen in their minds happens but in reality because we're the we the audience got to witness the hit like in reality tony gave this guy like the best uh going away death present totally that he, that he possibly he's, could have he's given the him. one who's doing the right thing everyone else like like bobby's just concerned because he doesn't want him to die well guess what bobby this guy is on his last leg junior doesn't want him to do the hit because he wants him to die of cancer <laughs> and for and for tony he has to let this happen because he can't let anybody undercut Gigi. Yeah. He says, I don't want, I'm not going to take Gigi's balls away. That yeah. was a big part of why, once Gigi said, Old Man Bacala's got to do this. Right. Yeah. And he's and, allowing and him. Was, and he doesn't want fucking uh, Johnny Sack stepping in or Ralph mm-hmm. Cifaretto stepping in. And, and, who uh, both who both assert their fucking place. And I so got to, is- you got to appreciate Tony's like management skills. Like the, the, he's really good at like kind of uh, sticking to his guns and standing up for his troops. You, you gotta, you know, hats off to him. 
You know, um, my boss is super, super fucking good to me because my boss will defend me to the fucking hilt. And yeah. that's the way I looked at, the, at this particular situation. Just Tony was being a good boss. His subordinate said, this is the plan. He said, I certify that plan. Go with it. Yeah. And then fucking Ralphie and then fucking Johnny Sack are rubbing their dicks in the situation. That's what they do. They're, they're dick rubbers. Yeah. Exactly. So now we got finally to the uh to my favorite storyline of the episode we touched on it a little bit earlier but Artie buco's midlife crisis is the funniest <laughs> shit of this episode it's like wa- watching him freak out about the fact that uh adriana is not going to be the hostess anymore and then simultaneously trying to convince his wife to go into business with tony is uh product names that product brand names that begin with the letter v i actually i have a i have a clip of that i have a clip of that turn off vaseline the vegetables we have a chance to have our own company our own line of products then why is it called satriels the pork store has a customer base name recognition vesuvio doesn't your grandfather opened up in the 30s arthur tony talked to this marketing research guy Product brandings, beginning with the letter V, make people think of vagina. It's a turnoff. What did you just say? Vaseline, <laughs> etc. The whole thing is. Can't you see the opportunities here? Yes, to be a front for a mobster. Jesus Christ already. Oh, buddy, what are you going to learn, huh? Be happy in thine own self. I kind of, you know, I got to say, I feel like I side with uh, Artie in this situation because, uh, first of all, She's talking about the name recognition of Vesuvio, which is like the most cliche Italian restaurant yeah, name yeah. outside of maybe like Mezzaluna or something. Also, like, it's a place like in North Jersey. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, both places are just random fucking places. Satriels, it's a fucking meat market. Yeah, you you might Vesuvio. as well just name it like Ristorante Italiano. Yeah, look, if like, if you yeah. if you show me two sauces and one's named Satriels and the other is Vesuvio, I'm buying Satriels. I'm I think he's yeah, right. No, it's a better name. Also, V does make me think of vagina. And the problem is, is that for me, that's a good thing. Yeah. But in Italian, <laughs> in Italian American culture, they don't eat pussy, yeah. so they're like, yeah, we, 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 we can't name a, it after uh, pussy. <laughs> That's a season or two ago. I don't yeah. want to be eating pussy like some kind of fag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you 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 heard about that uh, that homo that went down in that broad? Holy yeah. fuck! I hear they're in fucking love now. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love I loved watching him just uh, just slowly kind of like piece by piece build his midlife crisis. Like first, it's like. You know, uh, getting into a fight with Chrissy over aid. Then it's like, I'm going to go into business with the mafia. And then it's like, I'm going to get an ear piercing. And it all culminates with um, just the saddest fucking and like the saddest scene where he and aid have a friend zone dinner date. And it, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of, uh, uh, well, there's an old internet video. It was my it's my on. favorite my favorite internet video of all time. Uh for, like it was at the beginnings of me searching for funny videos. It's uh, a guy named John Dacre. John Dacre uh is some guy who went on public access TV somewhere in the middle of the country 
and attempted to sing That's Amore. Um, but he forgot all of the lyrics to That's Amore. And uh, I needed to reimagine this dinner date with John Dacre singing in the background. Is that an earring? Your ear, I never noticed before. had this for years. I don't wear it all the time. It's Chris, uh, tell you, we had a little running. It's just jealous. Of what? We're friends. Well, you know how he is. Did I tell you? Gonna go into business with Tony. What? Like a restaurant? Satriali Foods. Probably gonna change the name to Vesuvio. Oh, you change your mind about the marriage thing? There's always room on my staff for a bright, sexy vice president. You sure you're ready? Yeah, I'm sure. You know what the ladies' room is? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's behind the bar. No, no. But you see back in old Napoli, Cringe! That's a cringe. It is incredibly hard to watch. It is, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the really, really awkward parts of certain episodes of like Curb Your Enthusiasm or like uh, Nathan For You, where you just can't, you, you have to look away from the TV because you're just so embarrassed for the person. It's like... Oh my God! Just watching Artie doing his best to hit on her, but without dropping the the whole pretense of "Oh, you and I are friends. We're always gonna be friends." Just oh, oh, it embarrassed me. You know, he could have hair like Casey Kasem, and it wouldn't really make a difference. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it's you know what I I gotta be real. Um. You know, I'm I'm 41, probably. You look great. You look great. I'll let you know that. I I appreciate that. Good. Uh, Probably around. Thank you. uh, Probably around the same age. um, Artie is Uh, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I would say about the same age. Artie is supposed to be in this area, you know, maybe late 30s, early 40s. Um, and, and, And a lot of guys who go through this whole, like I'm married really, and I've been married a really long time. I'm, I'm not miserable in my fucking marriage. Mm. Um, but I think that one of the things you start to see that's really uh, a part of the Charmaine Artie thing is that Artie doesn't feel appreciated by Charmaine. Yeah. It, it, it is an entirely, uh, as I said from the beginning, he, he doesn't feel appreciated. And that's another big part of this episode. Yeah. Is that Artie feels that because this really beautiful woman, uh, this young person, uh, loves to do her job well, <laughs> makes him feel appreciated. Yeah. She does these things. And then eventually, when it gets taken away from him, yeah. By someone else, he feels he's been wronged. And then when Charmaine can even possibly take the idea of him trying to better himself allegedly by going through Tony, um, he, he he sees um Adriana as this like doorway to a better life after he basically fucking ends his marriage in the middle of dinner service. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it does it because of the fact that he is looking to do it. It's like one of those things where it's like, I've definitely been in uh, like relationships where I was uncertain of it and had a freak out and whatnot. 
and like found a reason to fight and like you could tell the moment that he said what are you going to do divorce me mm-hmm. to to her this um, marriage is over yeah, Arthur. It, it was like you could tell that it was something like oh boy he like he like he couldn't get he couldn't take the words back fast enough but then as soon mm-hmm. as soon as uh yeah she says this marriage is over about, that's the hard part about being married man is yeah. that like you, you have to live through the moments where you recognize like if you say a thing there's no yeah, going back there's no it. going back and, exactly and, and and Artie makes a point of he says that thing and and Charmaine doesn't fucking bluff yeah she because just, Charmaine is sees, she sees shit. right she sees right through the bullshit. She's like, I know exactly what you're trying to do. You want me to say I'm divorcing you. Well, fuck you. I'm divorcing you. And he's just like, mm-hmm. uh, well, guess I better go get an ear piercing and a reservation at a better restaurant because I'm fucking this young lady tonight. And of course he doesn't. She runs away and uh, uh, it's just it's just like another tale of like Artie's complete ineptitude when it comes to women. And uh, and his weird bravery, his weird bravery when it comes to overstepping uh, like boundaries with the mafia. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's because he knows he's Tony's best friend that he takes multiple liberties throughout the series. He pulls a fucking rifle on Tony. He pulls a rifle (laughs) on Tony. He he fucking like, you know, is openly expressing his love for uh, Chrissy's fiance. Later, he gets Benny. Yeah, he gets into a fight with Benny. And it's like and and then he takes money from Tony. And when he loses it all, he's like crying and shit. It's like, oh, boy. Anyways, but that's later. Um Anyways, I, I just loved the the arty portion of the episode. Uh now let's end this with just real quick. Um, I'm gonna say my favorite scene. Um, Vince, what what was your favorite scene, Vince? I mentioned them both. It was uh, I liked the "You must have been top of your fucking class" line. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, can I tell you something? She's a cunt because just yeah. Partly, I, I feel like they really nailed the way drunk people talk, and also uh, just Artie's. Artie's sadness. I I love it. And yeah, I I think my favorite is kind of like yours. It's not the full scene, but it's just a moment. Um, It's AJ outside of the funeral. um, Just talking about (laughs) my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a clip from that. You know, Greg Diudo, his grandfather died of cancer. They froze his head till they find a cure. Mary. Carmella. I'm going to check out the hearse. Don't get lost, AJ. <laughs> it's such Every, an AJ moment, though. Such right? a, it's just so perfect because it's like, for a second there, he's just like, oh, he's relating to, to you on an adult and human level. But it really was just like an entrance point to talk about someone whose head was frozen. Mm-hmm. And and then and then as soon as like he, he senses like, other boring shit going on he's like i'm gonna go check out the hearse this dude (laughs) i mean the fact that they didn't make him full goth is is almost a shame i mean i'm glad they did with Vito's kid later but uh there's just something about aj where he's just he's such he's such a little dumb guy and uh oh he fills my heart with joy i love him it's uh that's just aj stays being aj that's right it's always on brand 
Always on brand. Well, all in all, great episode of The Sopranos. Solid B plus. Definitely. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. Super um, solid B plus. Yeah. I, I I have one request from you. Oh yeah. What's up? Before we kind of um, finish up, I What's sent up? you a link. I sent you a link in the chat. Oh okay. Um, there's a little song that uh, is near and dear to my heart, <laughs> and I'd really love it if if you would just before we kind of wrap this up in a bow yeah. for uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. So, to give me this. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Go, yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I really want to say that um, y'all helped me do some dirty work a little bit uh, on this episode. I really enjoyed uh, chilling with you. This is literally one of my favorite episodes of The Sopranos. Oh, nice. So it was really, I was really psyched um when when you asked me to like come on here and do this thank you so much for uh coming on uh jay gordon uh, where can people find you online um too much at jay destro on twitter yeah. um i i i i like to uh send a shout out to the rest of like the weird like sopranos twitter people like yeah fucking ambassador fucking weirdo john bolden and like uh <laughs> uncle doomer mm-hmm. and fucking and the king time immemorial that dude is 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 great he's doing like really cool things with the sopranos con stuff um, oh nice the sopranos got, as soon as Instagram. COVID is over i i can't wait to go to sopranos con man yeah i i had had those plans uh, especially because you know i could hit you know atlantic city on a train um, and and fuck it up with like uh, the dude who played Furio, you know he can paint me some shit. I'll, yeah. I'll see if he wants to do a J with me. It'll be cool. Nice. Or maybe like the Johnny Sack dude can like complain about like the Democrats to me. Oh, that would be, be so sick. Someday. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Frogcast at gmail dot com for all of your questions, comments, concerns. You know, let us know uh, if there's anything we missed in any of these episodes. Uh, Patreon dot com slash frockcast. That's where we do bonus episodes of our other podcast. And you know what? If you're a big fan of this one and you're like, hey, it's free. This is great. Uh, you consider donating to our Patreon because you know what? We do this one for absolutely free. Uh, Vince, what is the Google Voice number? I don't want to suck my daddy's dick. Daddy's dick. No oh, more. Yeah. You, you put that in my head whenever I hear it. Sorry, it's 415. I'm a fool to suck my daddy's dick. Oh, yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't, don't look stop like believing. believing. And don't look like a Puerto Rican whore. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.